we doing today? Well, for a thousand people in here, 40 of you are excited. So I bet there's about 60 in the lobby that would love your seat. Uh, so do better at participating or I'm going to have the ushers. If somebody's not paying attention, please move them to the lobby. That'd be funny, right? Like a little survivor, little hunger games in here. Like if you're not doing, if you're not a good church member, we're going to put you in the lobby. And uh, it's time out. You're not in time out. We're glad you're here in the lobby today. Week two. Week two of our reaction series. Everybody got their coats on, their sweaters on today. It's the one week of winter here uh, at uh, in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Gabby turned on the heat this morning, which is a sin. I, I don't understand. Come on, guys. You know where we're at. Like, it just I don't know why we turn it on for one day just to turn it back on. It's got that smell. It's all. It's just sticky. It's, it's yeah. No heat. Let's go. No heat winter here in, in Florida uh, this year. Week two of our reaction series. We're doing this series as we head into the uh, the second. Uh, a decade of Action Church, celebrating our 10-year our anniversary, reminding us of, of who we are. See, we started this church, uh, Action Church. It came from the verse in the book of James where it says, faith without action is dead. We wanted to be a, a church of action, and we believe that Jesus, his action through his life lived perfectly for you. His death died on a cross as you, and his resurrection giving us victory over sin in the grave. That his action, it demands a response or a reaction from us as believers. We're either going to receive it and react to the call of God in our life, or we're going to rejected. As we were launching this church, God took me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 12 through 16, and gave us our 10 values, our 10 reaction statements. And last week, we talked about uh, the idea that we make it hard for people to go to hell by making it fun to go to church, that church should be enjoyed and not endured, that we should be people. The people of God should have fun, should have a hope, should have a joy that the world doesn't have access to because this is not our home. We have a hope in heaven that allows us to view this life differently. This week, uh, the idea, the thought, the reaction statement is this, write this down, is that we are encouragers. We are encouragers. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But be an example, and last week we talked about that example is an example of, of joy, of, of enjoyment, that we should be people that people want to be around. This week, be an example to all believers. The, the phrase for today in this passage is be an example in what you say, in the words that come out of your mouth. There are power in your words. The, the book of James says that the power of life and death is is in the tongue. And what we say matters. What we say about ourselves, what we say about others, how we speak positively or negatively. Don't hear me wrong. I'm not talking about us playing God and some poor theology that we can say things and they happen. We don't speak things into existence. We are not God. We are not creators. We are the created. But I'm here to tell you, you could change your world if you change your words. Because how you speak about others and how you speak about yourself affects your mental health, your emotional health, your perspective. There's power of life and death in the tongue. So I want to encourage us to be encouragers. We need people in our life that add value to our life. 
We need people in our life that, that give us strength, that, that give us just a little boost, that give us a little bit of encouragement. Let me define that for you. To encourage someone is simply to add courage to their life. In courage, you break down that word to add in courage. So what I'm going to talk about today is that we're called to receive our faith and courage from God and then spend our life linking arms with other people and encouraging them. I want to give you some encouragement this morning. You've heard it if you've been at Action Church before, but you were created on purpose and for a purpose. That God had something for you to do, the book of Ephesians says, and then he created you to do it. There was a plan, and so he created a person for that plan. But if we're going to fulfill that purpose, we're going to have to have courage. We're going to have to have faith. I believe a life fulfilling God's purpose for your life is a life of courage, is a life of taking risks. Have you noticed as you get older, you take less risks? Anybody in here? Come on, I remember for my, for my 20th birthday, I jumped off a 90-foot cliff at midnight into water. Not that would be dead if I did that, not into water. You're like, oh, that's a miracle. Well, yeah, kind of. There was mist over the water. The, they were showing the edge of the water, my friends, and we were sober, by the way. We were, uh, they, they had a, cell, a flip cell phone. Kids, those were back when they used to flip open. There was no flashlight. There was just a little bit of light, and they showed me the edge of the cliff. I jumped off, but I had jumped earlier in the day to count because I knew I wanted to do it at midnight on my birthday. And so I, my heart was racing at, at midnight, way faster than it was in the morning. So I miscounted as I put my arms out at the very end. It was black and blue from my armpits to my wrist. And so very painful experience. My birthday wrist now is like an extra dessert. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know if I should have that caffeine after nine PM. Have you noticed with your kids, like there's a, a phrase that's consistent, especially when they're little, be careful. Hey, be, be, be careful, Johnny, be careful. We're like Nemo's dad, just following our kids around. Be careful, be careful. If we're not careful, we will stop living a life of courage and we'll settle for careful. We'll settle for comfort. We're settled for things that are safe and understandable as opposed to are faith-filled and courageous. If heaven held reality, and we are the answer as the local church, we have access to the answer, which is Jesus, but the local church is the vehicle. If heaven held reality, we cannot settle for careful. We have to live a life of courage. So therefore, we need to receive that from God and practically be people of encouragement and people that encourage others. Today is about adding courage to your journey. I want to use a passage in Acts chapter 15 uh, where the early church is being birthed and created. And I want to read to you what's, what's kind of happening uh, in, that, in that setting, uh, what's, what's going on here. Actually, for sake of time, uh, let's, let's summarize this. There's, there's what's happening here in Acts 15 before we get to verse 36 is there are some people that uh, in Antioch uh, who have some prophets who've been making about things that it's not supposed to be about. And if we're not careful, come on, if you've been in church long enough, you know that it could start as a relationship, but it could turn into a religion really quickly. And what I mean by that is we receive the grace of God. We receive the mercy of God. We receive all of these things. And if we're not careful, come on track with me. If we're not careful, we hold somebody, we hold others to a standard that we don't even actually hold ourselves to. And that's what's happening here in Antioch. There have been prophets going around. And so the church in Jerusalem, led by James, sends Paul and Barnabas uh, to this area to, to 
to deliver a letter to the church in Antioch to let them know that, hey, you've been persuaded by the wrong things. You've been uh, taught some things that have gotten you pursuing a, this religious, this Old Testament law form of religion and not the relationship that Jesus came to provide through his life, through his death, and through his resurrection. So they're here delivering this good news, preaching and teaching and encouraging the believers. In the first few verses of Acts 15, uh, we see the word encouragement several times. In verse 36, let's talk about this idea of the filter. What I want to show you in these few verses today is that there's a filter in which we could live our life based off of principles only, or we could live our life based on principles, but how we view people is not so much in principle-based, but in potential-based. Let me get to it in verse 36. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, Let's go back and visit, visit each city we previously preached the word of God to see how the new believers are doing. Let's, this is Paul's second missionary journey, and they're going back, not to new places. You got to catch this today. They're not going back to, to, they're not going to new places. They're going back to old places. Why? Because the gospel, the commission that we have is to go into the world and make disciples, now, there has to be a decision or a conversion before there is a, a following, but the goal is not that we just have a, a once-in-a-lifetime uh, experience, a moment where we fill the Holy Spirit, we raise our hand, and that we're saved. The goal is that we become a Christ follower. Salvation happens in an instant, but sanctification, which we're all called to be in process of a discipleship process. So Paul and Barnabas are going back to check on the converts, to check on the new believers, to establish and, to, and continue to solidify the churches. That's why at Action Church, we reach people where they are and then connect them to everything God has for their life. We cannot just settle for evangelism and exclude discipleship. That was way better. I felt like that was really, really good. That was very articulate. Put a lot of good words together. Yeah, smattering of applause. Again, the, we have seats in the lobby. We have seats in the lobby. It says, Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. Here's the point in, in terms of encouragement today. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. John Mark being the author of the gospel of Mark. Um, but Paul disagreed strongly. Did you know it's okay to disagree? Did you know that it's okay? We'll talk about it today in the form of adding courage to each other's journey. It's, there's times we're going to have a difference of opinion. Since John Mark had deserted them, on the previous journey and not continue with them in their work. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and he left the believers uh, entrusted in the Lord's gracious care traveling all throughout Syria. We see them break up. We see them go separate ways. And I want you to hear today that, that it was not against God's will. I think both of these men were operating in what God was calling them to do. Paul was a very principled man. He was a very holy man. He was very uh, um, disciplined. And he knew that John Mark had deserted him before. So he was like, hey, fool me once, but you're not going to fool me twice. So he had every reason to say, no, hey, I'm not taking you. This is too much of a risk. But what I want to submit to you today in terms of Action Church and how we view people, we are not absent of principles. We should be holy. We should be set apart. We should build our life on the foundation of our relationship with Jesus and God's word. But I would love to submit to you today that our filter should be less like Paul in this passage and more like Barnabas. See, Paul was focused on what we, what people could do for God 
which is a great focus. And we need that. But Barnabas was focused on what God could do inside of people. And I think Barnabas here had more of the heart of Jesus. We see the multiplication effort. So again, I'm not saying Paul was wrong. I'm just saying uh, God used Barnabas to show something that was way more like Jesus' leadership. And that was not speaking to where people currently are, but speaking to where they're going to be. Not speaking to what they've done, but what they could be. Remember when Jesus uh, uh, was talking to Peter before Peter denies him? Luke chapter 22, when he says, when you repent, he says, hey, you're gonna screw up. Hey, you're gonna mess up. Hey, you're gonna deny me, by the way. You're gonna be full of faith right now, but you're gonna be full of fear in, in a few moments. But when you return, not if you return, Jesus made a habit of speaking to people's potential, speaking to what they could be, reminding them of, the potential that God has for them. When we come into people's lives in the worst moments, we can point out their worst or we can remind them of God's best. And I don't know about you, but I, I have some moments where I've settled for careful, where I've allowed fear or doubt or my own mistakes like Peter's to cause me to, to shrink back. I, I've lost faith in somebody and I need a Barnabas or I need Jesus to come in and remind me. I need a friend here at Action Church to remind me that God's not done with me that there's always a purpose and there's always potential. I heard a pastor one time, if you're not dead, God's not done. There's something that he could do in your life. A lot of you are new to Action Church. When I, when I pay sideways and project my voice, I'm expecting you to applause. And so that's, that's what that means. That's the churchy language. That's the little, little cue that I have for you. I really thought you'd enjoy this message more. We don't, you don't get a lot of these easy ones. You know what I mean? This is my best impersonation of Joel Osteen today. And so next week, come back next, if you're new here, come back next week. It's gonna be repent or you're going to hell. And so this was supposed to be like, when I was talking, I was like, Gabby, they're gonna love this. We're gonna laugh and we're gonna, we're gonna cry with joy. And we're gonna clap our hands. And it just feels a little, a little, little, just come back next week. We'll be back to normal next week. I get it. It's surprise. You're like, where, when is this shoe gonna drop? It's not gonna drop. It's just all encouragement today. It's a message called, We Are Encouragers. Man, so good. Isn't it fun when your kids listen? It's just really fun. It's my spiritual kids just growing in the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Three types, three types of encouragement that I want to give you this morning. Let's get practical for a moment. We're going to have the filter of Barnabas. We're going to believe in, in people's future. We're going to see what God could do on the inside of them and do, then do through them through his purpose. Practically, how do we do that? Three things. First one, write this down. Write down the word affirmation. Affirmation. We should be people that affirm others. First Thessalonians chapter five. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Proverbs 16, verse 24. I love this. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Come on, it's sweet to the soul because it makes you feel good. When somebody encourages you, it makes you feel better about yourself. When somebody affirms you, it, it adds courage to your journey. It is sweet to the soul, but it also, also says it's healthy for the body. We need it. We need people in our life to remind us of what God is doing, to remind us of our potential. Are you like me that you know all your flaws? You know where the freckles are. You know where the wrinkles are. You know where the things in your face and your body aren't symmetrical. You, you know your insecurities. You know your fears. I don't need to surround myself with people that consistently tear me down or remind me of my worst. I need people that will affirm me. We say at Action Church all the time, if you see something, say something. 
And what we mean by that is if you see something that somebody's doing worth affirmation, worth encouragement, say it. And don't leave a good thing left unsaid. You see somebody that's got a new job, congratulate them. They got a promotion. Man, I, I noticed what you were doing. You see somebody serving the Lord. You see somebody, man, you, you look great today. Did you get your hair cut? Have you been to the gym? You kept your New Year's resolution for two weeks this year instead of one. Like, you look amazing. You see something, say something. In fact, we're gonna, we're gonna give you an opportunity to do that this week. The, the team put together a, a postcard that you'll get on the way out. And it says this, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And we just want you to pray about finding somebody in your life, everybody that calls Action Church home and sending this to them this week and just encourage them. Just affirm something that the Holy Spirit puts on your heart or on your mind to encourage them, to affirm them, to add some courage to their journey. Because when you do that, I wanna make sure we do it the right way. Because there's nothing worse there is nothing worse than vague encouragement, vague affirmations. Come on, you ever got one of those, hey, that, you're, you're doing great. Like great at what? Just life. <laughs> you have a boss, you know, comes by, hey, you're doing great. What part? I get in the lobby, pastor, sermon was great. Oh, amazing. Thank you for the affirmation. What did, what did you love about the sermon? <laughs> the middle really enjoyed the middle section. Oh, what part? All of it. All of the middle. Very impactful. I don't, I don't leave that feeling better. No, uh, genuine affirmation should be consistent. It should be intentional and it should be specific. Like I, this is what I noticed. This is what I'm affirming. That encouragement to really add courage should be consistent, intentional, and specific. I, I want to illustrate it today. I've been talking to our location pastors, and I, and I really just wanted to affirm some people at, at our different locations who serve God so faithfully. I was talking to Pastor Nick at Sanford about Rita and Kenny Hallam, and they serve on our greeter team there, lead our greeter team there. Come on, if you're at Sanford, you know Rita and Kenny. You've gotten a hug from Kenny. Kenny is the best hugger in Action Church. Kenny and Pastor Eddie should have a hug off, and we should decide who's the best hugger at Action Church. They just, they set culture everywhere they go. Pastor Nick was telling me that they memorize all the team's names and new people's names, and if they don't see them at church for a couple weeks, they're following up with them, and they're, they're going above and beyond leading small groups and just really just setting a culture of, of fun and joy and action. Affirmation. And so Rita and Kitty, I want you to know how loved you are today. I hope as you add courage to other people's journey that God would add courage to you today and let you know that you're needed, you're known, you're seen, and we would not want to do this without you at Action Church Sanford. Action Church Sanford is better because you're there today. Thank you. Thank you for all that you do. I think about Joe uh, Iannotti here uh, at Winter Park. I actually talked to him after first service. If you don't know Joe, it's because you get here late. Joe's on our parking team and he is here before the sun comes up, putting out the flags and putting out the cones and making sure he's preparing a, a place for you and I to come on in and out safely. And we've said from day one that oftentimes the parking lot preaches louder. So he's out there smiling and waving and setting up. He's also bowled several 300 games in bowling. And so Joe, you're a legend both in the bowling alley and here at Action Church. We're better because of you. 
I think about Kayla Gonzalez, who serves our, our middle school students here at Winter Park and leads small groups and our student sections cheering right now. And I, I think about, uh, I was talking to, to Logan and Tyler and everybody here, uh, leadership at Winter Park, talking about this. She doesn't just serve at city groups and small groups and all this stuff, but she's going to, to schools and to, to extracurricular activities, serving our middle school students. I believe dozens, if not hundreds of students uh, especially young uh, female middle school students are going to spend eternity in a different place because of you. Thank you, Kayla, for your sacrifice and your service. I, I think about David, David Scanlon at our Oviedo location. He, he, uh, there we go. He serves on setup and teardown, which if you serve on setup and teardown, you're going to heaven for sure. God told me that you've been absolved of all of your sins and he has a spot for you in eternity. That is not biblical but thank you for serving David on our setup and tear down. He's also a leader uh, of our city group at Oviedo. His parents don't attend Action Church, but he convinced them to open up their home to high schoolers every single week to come in. So he's not only a servant, but he's a leader in our high school and in our college ministry as well. Thank you, David, for, for all that you do. And then I think about Philip. <laughs> Philip Latslaw, who leads on our prayer team uh, at Oviedo and, and leads small groups and serves so faithfully. Pastor Trent was telling me, that you cannot get around Philip and not be encouraged, that he has spent time with God. And if he knows he's gonna to talk to you, he's heard something from God for you that he leads so well spiritually and practically at our veto location. I just want you to know, all of you, that you are seen, you're needed, you're known. And I wanna affirm that what you're doing is making a difference in the lives of others. What, what if we spent time consistently, intentionally, and specifically just adding courage to people's journey. Have you ever been discouraged? Have you ever been tired? Have you ever been weary? And somebody just gives you a little encouragement. Somebody just gives you a little, hey, you can do this. Hey, we're gonna be okay. Let's be people that, that affirm God's best in their life. The second type of encouragement is this. It's, a, it's this idea of protection. Protection. If we're going to add courage, we're going to need people that, that protect us. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. Don't look out for only your own interest, but take an interest in others too. 1 Peter 4, 8. Uh, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude, a multitude of sins. We, we, need, we need people in our life that will protect us. Have you noticed and oftentimes when people make mistakes, we, we separate from them. And I'm not talking about abuse or trauma or healthy boundaries. What I'm talking about is that when we have friends that aren't in the highest moments, they're not real friends if they can just celebrate you when you're winning. We need to be people that don't move away from people that are struggling, but that we move to them. That we don't, we don't cast them out, we cover. We protect. I'm not talking about enabling. I'm not talking about covering up. I'm talking about making sure relationally we know that we are not one mistake away from losing all of our friends. The religious inside of us say, hey, I need to distance myself because people, what will people think? But Jesus didn't run from people that were hurting. He ran to people that were hurting. We need to be a place of, of protection. We need to be a place that no matter how it's going, they know we're still gonna be there. Pastor Eddie coined a phrase eight or nine years ago, till the wheels fall off. I was like, Pastor, till the wheels fall off. My best Eddie impersonation. He's not here this morning, or you would hear him. He, I've let that statement evolve a little bit to even if the wheels fall off, we'll go grab them 
We'll buy some new ones. We'll fix up the old ones. We'll put them back on and we'll keep going together. You need to find yourself some even if the wheels fall off type friends that may not endorse your behavior, that may not endorse your decisions, that they say, I don't care what you do. I know who you are. And I'm going to stay in this lane, stay in this fight, stay in this season. And I'm going to be a place of protection, a place of healing, a place of restoration. If you don't have that, you need it. And this is not a push because we're trying to fill them up. This is a push for you. Small groups start next week. If you don't have some, even if the wheels fall off type friends, you need to find some. Whether it's here or somewhere else, you need to find some people that will both celebrate you at your highest moments and cry with you at your lowest moments and will add courage to your journey. We've got affirmation, we got protection. Here's the last one. This one is a little less fun. I lied earlier. <clears throat> it's correction. If we're really gonna add courage to, to people's journey, we can't always affirm and protect. Sometimes we're gonna have to correct. In fact, Paul writes to a young pastor, Timothy, and he writes to him and he says, here's how you should lead the church. You should correct, you should rebuke, and you should exhort. That actually, if we're at, truly adding courage, that 66% of our conversations is in leading people and helping people should have a little friction, should have a, a little rub, that there's gonna be things that we need to be challenged to do, that we need to be coached to do. Without any confrontation, there, there's no victory. And this is not criticism. This is not speaking to their worst. This is providing feedback with the hope that they'll begin to operate and live in God's best. But if we're not careful, we will avoid these conversations. Matthew gives us the, the plan, by the way, Matthew 18, verse 15. If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out that offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, then you know that you've won that person back. We need to be, we need to be people that aren't afraid to correct. Can, can I just encourage you today, add some courage, that there are conversations that you need to have that the people around you will not experience God's freedom, His healing, His faithfulness, maybe even the plans that He has for them if you don't tell them what they need to hear, not just what they want to hear. It's tough, by the way, because nobody responds well to correction. If you do, you're weird. I've never had somebody correct me. Be like, thank you. God bless you, brother. Thank you so much for this conversation. You know, I've been looking forward to this. I've been asking God if he would just use some fellow brothers in Christ to rebuke me in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. The Holy Spirit is so kind to, to let me in on this before, so thank you. No, I'm like, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? You have no idea what you're talking about. And then there's friction. But then if you're a believer and you have humility and you have a relationship with God, you take that to your prayer life, you take that to your Bible reading, you take that to somebody else that you trust and you're like, oh man, they were right. I did need to change that. I did need to change that relationship. I didn't need to change that habit. I didn't need to change that path that I was on. See, here's the thing. We have to be secure enough in what we've received from God that we are not validated by other people's opinions. What I mean by that is when we're having these corrective conversations, it's that I love you so much and I value you over your current opinion of me. 
So I value your purpose. I value your future. I value what God has for you over your current opinion of me. I'm okay with you being mad at me as long as you hear what God needs you to hear to be what he needs you to be. That I'm not gonna let my insecurity get in the way of your purpose. Because my goal is not to tear down, it's not to destroy, but it's to repair. We need affirmation, we need protection, and we need correction. I was reading this week just about a, a couple of individuals in 1 Samuel 14, I'll close with this thought. Because we need some courage. Has anybody ever been discouraged in life? Almost all the hands. Everybody but the Baptist. Baptists don't raise their hands in church. Has anybody ever been weary? Has anybody ever had a, a dream or a passion and then life got in the way and you gave up on that passion? Has anybody ever had a fight that you were like, I just, I don't know if I can fight this fight anymore. When you get to that point, you need the power and the presence of God first and foremost. But man, you need some people. You need some people that will add courage, that will remind you of God's faithfulness, that will let you borrow some faith, that will let you know that if, if you're going, I'm going. If you're in, I'm in. I don't, I don't know where you're going, but if you're saying God called you and you need me there, I'm there. You need those people in your life. We see this in 1 Samuel chapter 14. Got a character named Jonathan and his armor bearer and they're in this fight, continual fight in this season with the Philistine army. And there's this group of Philistines on a hillside and they've been mocking God and tearing down the things of God. And it's, it's very practical for them, symbolic for us that the Philistines would be, would be our enemy coming against the people of God and the things of God. So there's a fight that, that, that needs to happen to make sure that good de defeats evil. And so Jonathan, full of faith, about 30 guys in the Philistine group. And he says, hey, let's go pick a fight. Let's go fight on behalf of the Lord. Let's take some risks, let's operate in courage. His armor bearer's like, are you sure? One of the first few verses, Jonathan's like, no, I'm not sure. He says, he says a line actually, he says, perhaps the Lord will fight for us today. Can I, can I just be honest with you? Every big step that I've ever taken in God's purpose for my life, every big step would be defined by that statement, perhaps the Lord because our humanness and our brokenness and our flesh, I don't know that we can ever be fully convinced. We're like, I think that's what God wants me to do. I'm pretty sure he told me. I'm pretty sure that this is what I'm supposed to do. It lines up with his word and my friends. I, 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 perhaps the Lord will fight on our behalf. And the armor bearer says, well, if, it, if it's up to the Lord's hands, if it's perhaps the Lord, then, then I'm with you heart and soul. I'm telling you the story because we need to be people that have perhaps the Lord type faith. And we surround ourselves with people that say, I'm with you heart and soul. Whatever God has put on your heart, I'm in. You're going, I'm fighting. You're going, I'm linking arms. You're not charging that hill alone because when we're alone, we get discouraged. When we're together, we're reminded of God's faithfulness and his goodness and his power. We're climbing up and the fight gets tough. We may get distracted or discouraged. We can have somebody around us saying, I don't know, remember what God said? Come on, remember what God did in my life? Come on, remember what we saw 
five years ago, and they can remind us, they can add courage to your journey. To be people that add courage, we've got to be full of it, full of faith and full of courage. We've got to be able to get that first and foremost from God so that we can then give it away to other people. We've got to get our affirmation from God first. Come on, lean in, I'm almost done. We've got to know that the most important opinion of us is not anybody else's first, it's His. From that security, from that place of I know who I am, now I can walk around and encourage others, but just because I encourage you doesn't make me less. I'm secure enough to take my eyes off of me and onto others and speak life and speak faith and speak affirmation because I've received affirmation that I'm a son or daughter of God, that I am chosen, that I am set apart. And from that place, I can encourage. I've got my courage from God. And when I run a little a little uh, light, when I run a little empty, he's gonna surround me with people that will fill me up so that I can give it away to other people of affirmation, people of protection. That I'm secure enough in my faith, I'm secure enough in my character that I can protect people, that I can be a friend to people when they make mistakes. I don't separate, I run too. Why? Because I know who I am. And I know what God did for me. And then I'm gonna be a person. I'm gonna be a person that will have the tough conversations. Not because I'm trying to tear down or criticize, but I'm trying to be used by God to correct and build up because I know that you can do better. I know that God has more for you. And I know that I need to be corrected sometimes and God is asking me to correct you. We do that from a place of being filled up, having our courage from God, from the people around us he's put in our life so that we can then give it away to others. Action Church, we are called to be encouragers. And I wanna pray this week that God would use thousands of us in our communities to affirm some things, to protect some things, to correct some things and that will add courage to those around us. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes at all of our locations. Every head bowed, every eye closed here at Winter Park, in the auditorium and in the lobby at Sanford, Oviedo. Church, I wanna give you an opportunity like we do every single week to make the best decision you could ever make in your life, a decision to surrender your life to the Lordship of Jesus. We talked around it today, but but I want you to know very specifically who Jesus is and what he did for you. Jesus being the second part of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Son made himself human. Philippians 2 says he took the very nature of a servant. He came and walked among us. He lived a, a perfect life for 33 years. That's important because you and I never could. So he lived for you so he could die as you, like in your place. His life qualified him, his death, qualified you, not based on your own decisions, your own work ethic, your own principles, but his death on the cross was a substitute, an exchange, our sin for his righteousness, that God the Father no longer sees us as we are, he sees us as he sees his son, Jesus. The cross gives us access to grace, mercy, forgiveness, our very salvation. The fact that Jesus is no longer in the grave, that he rose from the grave gives us access to victory over our current struggles, over our sin, and over death, it's lost its finality, that we have a hope in eternity because Jesus lived, died, and rose again. What's our responsibility in this relationship? How do we start this relationship? Romans 10 says, if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, we can and will be saved. 
This is not an emotional experience. This is not a transaction. This is a surrendering of your life, your mind, your will, your emotion, saying, God, I'm no longer in charge, but you are. We confess him as Lord because that means he's the leader and we are following. If you wanna make that decision today, for the first time ever, or something in your life has caused you to, to lose courage, settle for careful, and today you know that you need to, to start again, to recommit your life to the calling of Jesus. I'd love to pray with you across all of our locations today. If that's you, say, Pastor, I wanna start a relationship or I wanna restart my relationship with Jesus. I'd love to pray for you. To know who I'm praying with this morning. Would you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Say, I am starting or I'm restarting my relationship with Jesus. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six in the middle. Come on the side of it, got you. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Back in the back, yeah. Yes, ma'am, right in the middle. Gotcha. Come on, anybody, yes. Four or five more over here. Gotcha, buddy. Yes, ma'am. Several in the stadium. Come on, overflow in the lobby. God's moving out there right now. Online, at Sanford, you know, Vito. Always so honored to share this moment with you. The best decision you can make in your life. Just a couple more moments. Yeah, a couple more. You can put your hands down. Pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud. Say this, say, God, I love you. And God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a savior and I repent from those sins. I do confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you, Jesus, are Lord. And God, I give you that place, complete and total control. God, have your way in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now, God, I pray for all of us. I pray this week that give us a, divine connection, give us an open door to practically encourage someone. Let us add courage to somebody's journey. As we send out postcards, as we affirm, as we have intentional conversations, God, I pray that people would know that you love them and that we see them and we wanna connect them to you. We love you. We thank you for meeting us here. It is in Jesus' name we pray and everybody at Action Church said amen and amen. Can we celebrate all the decisions that were just made? Come on, really celebrate them.